Welcome everybody, my name is Karush AK and this is the Market Meditations Podcast. We chat with fascinating people from around the world to extract mindsets, routines, stories and habits to help you build richer lives. Meditators, today we have on the show Jack Tao. He is the CEO of Femex, the fastest growing cryptocurrencies derivatives exchange of 2020. He's an ex-Morgan Stanley VP and we dive into how he's managed to build such a big successful business, how he manages huge teams of people and how he continually invests and trades himself. Meditators, welcome to another episode of the Market Meditations podcast. Today I have with me the CEO of Femex, Jack, and it is an absolute pleasure to have you here. Femex has been one of the fastest growing exchanges this year. Let's dive into how he's managed to dominate the market and what his business building secrets are. Welcome, Jack. Thank you very much, Krosh. I'm very excited to be here. Um, I'm just as excited. Uh, So let's start with what brought you to crypto, Jack, because I know you had a traditional markets background. Uh, I was uh, introduced by one of my friends. He he know about uh, Bitcoin and asked me to start looking into the white paper. And uh, we did a little bit of mining at the very beginning. And then I, when I, after I look deeper and deeper, I start to love the technology and uh, that's how, how I started. Uh, was that a side business, the mining from your main job? Oh, that's right. So that's, uh, it was uh, just a part-time uh, hobby. And, you know, we collected uh, graphic cards that we were mining Ethereum at that time and uh, made a good good money on top of that. And uh, then I started thinking about uh, this industry. And um, for money, it's just a hobby. But uh, I, when I look into blockchain technology and the crypto, I, I, to my point of view, it's like more like a value transfer, uh, free money transfer platform natively. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a brokerage business, uh, working for a brokerage in Morgan Stanley uh, for like more than 10 years. So it's kind of instinct that I feel that I can do something in this industry. Um, that's, that's basically how we started. Wow. So have you always been doing this uh, side businesses since you like, is that something you've been doing for a while or was Bitcoin the first thing? Have you always had this entrepreneurial gene inside of you? Uh, I do. I do. So it's uh, my work is very busy. I manage a big team globally. And, you know, I kind of uh, force myself to uh, learn some new technologies. I was looking into like uh, uh, quants trading and I look into the AI and then I find a blockchain and uh, it's, uh, uh, it's all my hobby at the very beginning. But when I spend more and more time, I started loving those technologies. And uh, it's just like uh, Steve Jobs said, well, sometimes you learn something, it's just a dot, but sometimes you can connect those dots to be a line. And that's, uh, that's, a, that's a true story for me. It really is. And it kind of brings into why did you decide a derivatives exchange? Why was that the thought that you decided to go, okay, this is where I can integrate into crypto? Uh, what what pointed you in that direction besides just your experience because you were working for a brokerage for a long time? At that time, we started the business and there are lots of uh, crypto exchanges already, uh, Coinbase, Binance, etc. And uh, we think that... Um, 
my personal experience, I used them almost all those exchanges, hit BTC, et cetera, all the exchanges globally. And uh, I feel that uh, it's hard to compete with them at that time. And then I look into crypto. And at that time, the uh, in 2017, that the price skyrocket and the BitMEX is still small. And you feel that's very hard to sell, right? There's no margin at all at that time. So that's why the price all be driven up because that's, uh, there's uh, no much tool for a trader or the market uh, to, to hedge the position. That's all foremost, right? And that, uh, then back in 2018, uh, 19, and uh, more derivatives changed uh, uh, in the market. And uh, we, we, we instantly feel that's a, just a good opportunity. And uh, it's a kind of a less competition, but uh, we think that uh, the market can growth. Uh, compared to the traditional market, uh, usually the risk market is much, much bigger a hundred times bigger than the spot market. And uh, we believe that uh, that's going to do the same in crypto. Uh, plus, those exchanges are not doing very well at that time. We think that uh, based on our technical background and business background, uh, we can much, do much, much better. Oh, wow. So specifically, what can you guys do better than the composition? What did you say? What did you see in the market where you're like, oh, I can do that better. Oh, I can do that better. Time to launch an exchange. So running exchanges, like, uh, there's many, many challenges. Um, first, uh, technology, and uh, there's no exchange uh, in the world, in the traditional market, running uh, 24, by, 24 by 7 uh, without stopping, right? So you need a very strong tech team to guarantee the performance, guarantee the throughput, uh, guarantee the security, and guarantee scalability, lots of things. And uh, it's more like, uh, like think about it, the Google search engine. Uh, it's almost never going down, but uh, it doesn't have you. You have uh, like a couple of seconds or minutes latency. That's tolerable. But for a trading engine, that uh, you have to deal with a microsecond or even 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 less uh, latency, and you have to guarantee the the you have to provide the same same qualities of service like Google. So it's very challenging, and I feel that uh, even for my knowledge, I maybe can do 80% at that time. If I really can do, I have spent a lot of time to figure out, and uh, and also I need a team for this. So I think that's something uh, at that time, not all the exchange, even for, for those very strong, uh, very very famous uh, sport exchange, they, count, they have still have outages, and uh, they have uh, security breaches, and uh, many other issues, um, they clearly don't know how to run this business, how to win the trust from clients. Um, we feel that uh, uh, that's a lot of work we can improve. Uh, that's what we feel we can improve for this. Uh, besides the technology uh, challenges that uh, it's all those exchanges running uh, globally, and this is new technology, you have to manage people. Uh, you know, you cannot run this by 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 one or two. Uh, a very small team, right? It's uh, it's a uh, uh, heavily operated uh, system. Uh, you need to talk to clients. You need to follow up with those te- technologies. Um, so I feel very challenging, and uh, then I get excited and, and more and more. Uh, so then finally we start to work on this. Okay, so I want to. I'm fascinated by building businesses, and I know our listeners also love hearing how that happened. So Jack. You keep talking about how the team expands and how the team is essential, getting the right people who can do the right things. Where did it begin? So let's start with where did it begin? Who was the core 
team. And what was the first steps you guys took to build Femex? Well, that's uh, um, basically all the all the team members, uh, initial team members, uh, uh, old colleagues or, or friends, and uh, we have connections uh, through many years, which is good. So I, I always uh, uh, connect with a, a lot of people. Um, I keep the connections, maintain those relationships, and I know that's one day that I'm gonna build a team to do some business. So that's how uh, do you maintain those, Jack? Sorry to interrupt you, but I'm quite curious. As you build this network, uh, how does one maintain it? How do you stop them becoming distant? How do you keep track of this network? Because ten years at, um, in the industry must have built you a huge network. Yeah, it's uh, it's not. I didn't this on purposely. So I, uh, I I I like make friends, and especially that uh, we all we all. Uh, Technique guys, we have a lot of common topics and we keep exchanging informations, job opportunities. Even that I was working in New York, some friends is working in Asia, Hong Kong, Singapore. And uh, it's I find it's not very hard to, because, you know, you have uh, Facebook, you have Twitter, you have a uh, lot of other WeChat communication tool. Uh, sometimes you remember, you just record their num- numbers or, or, or birthday, say hello, say, hey, what's up? What's going on, right? It's, 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 it's for me, uh, uh, it's not uh, take much uh, uh, effort. Besides, it's, uh, we're glad that we can keep communication. Lots of people travel to New York, uh, sometimes uh, for, for work, sometimes for holidays. And uh, it's fun that uh, you have friends uh, globally and uh, you always get lots of information uh, in the world, uh, not just through the news. Um, and, uh, and, and, and then we, when we started and uh, we actually prepared for about like two years, uh, like we need money, we need a team, we need experience, not just technical people. We need someone came to the marketing operation, my security, uh, right? So then we, we, we started like, uh, um, uh, to tell our friends about this uh, blockchain technology, and I fly over to Asia uh, during the holiday, during my like vacation, like uh, to meet meet friends and say, "Hey, this is uh, very cool that we can do some just do some knowledge share with between friends," and that's how that's how we started. Um, fascinating. So a group of friends, and I'm guessing there's trust there. Trust is obviously one of the most important things when you're going in those early stages to building a business. So you had this small team, you planned for two years, and then obviously comes the time to expand. Uh, How do you hire? What are the most important things to hiring someone and bringing them onto the Femex team? We're relatively small. We still like a um, uh, majority of the employees are introduced by the uh, by the team member, right? They, they, are we somehow connected. Uh, we also have uh, uh, a big portion that uh, uh, from for social hiring, and it's just to go standard like uh, Facebook, Google interviews. Uh, it's pretty pretty much the same. And uh, what we do like is uh, when do the interview, we will do some uh, um, small tasks to like see if we can get along with this guy if uh, he is totally stranger to us. It's very important for a small team, especially for a startup team, that we all know each other and we all like um, very used to uh, the way we are cooperating. 
right? Even that we have many foreigners, even that uh, we have many foreigners different from different culture, and we have to make sure that uh, we don't waste time or effort to to manage a personnel issue if we. Like like be firm. If uh, it's very common that if hire one people and uh, he spent three months and he's not getting along with the team, and that's uh, it's it's a huge loss for the startup because we we will allocate resource to hire this position and uh, we we spend a lot of time to train to help him to start with. But uh, three months later, he felt he cannot fit with us and he just left. It's not just a bad thing for him; it's also bad for us. So we, it's uh, uh, besides that, uh, it's very important to establish the culture uh, in a small group at the very beginning, so that when you're getting bigger and bigger, uh, though this, this kind of a root culture can be inherited naturally, right? So everyone in your team has uh, has his own uh, uh, field of expert expert. Expertise and uh, they can always con- everyone's contributing team no matter no matter title. So that's really we want to everyone be hands on uh, to contribute to to what we're building. That's uh, so that we can very easily to achieve the team uh, achievements. Um, so this kind of happiness it's uh, it's the best thing of a small startup like us. Uh, absolutely, I can relate with that. Having tried nothing on the scale of Femex, but built a few startups myself, the culture becomes so important that um, it's almost like first you want to find someone that fits the culture, then you worry about whether or not they have the right skills to do the job. It's that much more important. So, how did you guys build the culture? What is the Femex culture? What was that process, or did it naturally arise? We set up the the, the our, our core values, uh, kind first improve every day help each other and giving back so this is that um, we think that this business naturally is that we want to it's, it's kind of service right you have to put our kind first you have to do the right thing right sometimes you even sacrifice a little bit of time or a little bit of the profit and uh, to to get the reputation it's very important because that takes years for Wall Street to build so I think that for, for cryptos it's the same and the improve every day is uh, is uh, it's uh, twofold. One is uh, for personal. We we want for each person we want to he enjoying the experience in working with us to to grow to grow through this uh, journey. And uh, and also that uh, this industry is very challenging. All, lots of new technology, new ideas pop up every day. We have to like keep learning. And this is uh, we have to we have to do this. This is that's how we should survive. Right. The third thing is that help each other, and that's true. That uh, for modern uh, uh, modern startup, that uh, you you can't do do everything by yourself. You need uh, like managers need to need to need to have a long term plan for for his team team members, and he. he we we also need to think about uh, as a team that how we c- can help uh, others to achieve the goals, not just uh, for yourself, right? The last thing is uh, giving back, and that we think uh, everyone has a responsibility and uh, to understand that uh, what we achieve right now is um, uh, is uh, is um, is part of uh, lucky or part of like. Uh, uh, blessed so we we needed to be uh thanks for and uh, and to do our best to give back to the society 
I can, having worked with Femex, confirm that I definitely see those values shine through. I've had a lot of interaction with Cecilia, who has been lovely and embodies a lot of that. Uh, you mentioned a few points which I want to expand on a little bit. Uh, you talked about reputation in the industry, how reputation is such an important thing for an exchange to build. Uh, what goes into that? And what do you guys do to make sure Femex has the best reputation in the space, which I'm sure is your goal? Right. That's also bring, uh, why we call ourselves Femex, right? That's uh, from, the, from the Greek god uh, goddess uh, called Femi, uh, who's representative of the uh, reputation. And, uh, you know, I joined uh, Morgan Stanley in 2008, Right, so that's financial crisis, and um, we see that uh, the banks are suffering from what they did. Uh, they did bad, and uh, the regulation follows. They get punished, and they have to reestablish the the reputation. Uh, lately, you can see Wells Fargo and a lot of other banks because the misconduct that uh, they get fined a lot. It's huge consequence. Right. So in Wall Street, one, most people thinking about that's a huge profit, but they neglect the fact that uh, when the backer did something bad and uh, they always pay back. Right. So you have to always remember that you are a service company and uh, you have to you take, take care of your reputation and uh, people put money, probably life savings into into your wallet or into your uh, system. You need to guarantee that this is uh, secure, uh, not just by uh, by saying that you have to use a mechanism like insurance fund and uh, some security audit auditor and uh, also your working process need to improve to make sure uh, you do your best to guarantee guarantee this kind of uh, uh, security. So maintain the reputation in the financial world is really important. That's my personal experience uh, throughout uh, my 11 years experience in, in Morgan Stanley. And uh, and all those companies who like Morgan Stanley about more than like uh, 75 years, something like that, and uh, they 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 have generation generation of leaders, and uh, all most of the time they are doing is try to keep the reputation. So, whenever users want to kind of finish service, they, the the first name pop up will be those Goldman Sachs name, J P Morgan, Morgan Stanley. This is a uh, uh, this is value we think a brand should have uh, in crypto currency world as well. Are you building Femex with the intention of, say, a 75-year or beyond lifeline? I don't know. I haven't thought about that. But that's, uh, yeah, the, probably that's the goal we want to, we want to achieve. And um, it's maybe too early for us to think of, to say uh, we want to build a, like a 100-year-old company. Uh, right now, we still want to like uh, try and do our best. And uh, let's see what we can do. I don't want to over... Um, uh, the dream may be too big. It's it's hard to say, but uh, yes, that that's in, in in our deep deep in our heart. That's that's actually what we want to do. Uh, I absolutely love that. That sort of ambition is incredible. And uh, well, Femex are on the right trajectory. Let's see what happens. Uh, so one thing you mentioned was the regulations and them having an important role in all of this as well. Now, that's part of the reason I believe 
there's so much opportunity and inefficiency in the cryptocurrency market. Because if you commit serious resources to this, any day, a new regulation could come out that seriously impacts your business. Um, extreme, especially someone like Femex, who's a derivatives exchange. How do you guys prepare for and navigate uh, being a part of the financial revolution with governments all over the world throwing in new regulations left, right, and center? Yeah, this uh, this is a big big question. I try to uh, I'm trying my best. So I think uh, regulation definitely will coming, and uh, it's also important. Uh, some users do like to be regulated. It's kind of it can bring uh, give them a more uh, uh, sense of safe. Uh, secure that uh, to use your platform, and uh, on the other side, that uh, beside that, uh, some regulation for uh, KYC and uh, money laundry. It's uh, do, in, do we do need a considering, and uh, because that uh, that's uh, uh, it is possible that a criminal is uh, using uh, my using your platform to do some bad thing, and uh, uh, that's something like uh, like 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 hacker hacking events. That's definitely that. Uh, uh, proper regulation has a lot of positive things uh, that no one can deny. The second thing is the regulation also uh, kills the innovation uh, if uh, if it's not be established properly, right? And uh, all the financial system is uh, it's kind of a broken, and you know um, the government uh, or the regulator put more and more rules on on the business and it kills uh, those small business and the innovation because uh, to maintain the cost of uh, compliance is just too much. And we can see like JP Morgan becomes bigger and bigger, right? Now there's a blockchain technology. It has lots of cool features, right? Uh, immutable and uh, traceable uh, and it has some 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 security features as well and the technology is still evolving and uh, everyone is uh, looking forward to see this might be uh, another option to solve the problem that uh, the old system cannot solve and maybe make the world more connected than before because people can freely and securely uh, transfer values over the internet that's uh, that's and uh, don't no no need to worry that this is controlled by one powerful wheel in the world right so it's it, there's some user basis uh, in, in there so i really hope that uh, uh, that uh, the, the government can give more space to this industry uh, and to help it grow healthily so that's uh, that's something um, we all uh, we all hope so we're all hoping so yeah, that was a very balanced view on regulation, uh, even though it can heavily impact all sorts of businesses in the industry, especially something like Femex. Uh, it also, when used correctly, can have a lot of benefits, help um, without limiting innovation, control and make the world a better, safer space. Something you mentioned, which I loved, was uh, the old system is broken. Jack, why do you think the old system is broken? And I'm especially curious to hear your opinion because you were right into the deep end of the old system. Those is mainly is because there's too many regulations in the, even United States when I was there, and uh, there are lots of noise. Uh, there are lots of like uh, appeal that uh, they want to deregulate, right? They don't want like a JP Morgan this much big, you know, and they they they. 
they they become one of the biggest uh, bank in the world. And uh, that's uh, partially because the regulation, right? They can they they have the, the enough resource to to be compliant uh, and to acquire uh, the other the other companies, right? Jack, so, if I may, why don't they want JP JP Morgan that big? Uh, what is the reasoning for that? If that's uh, so, which means that uh, they control more resources, right? They can even do more damage. And, uh, you know, there's a book called Too Big to Fall that's uh, eventually become true uh, because what are we going to do with such a big company, right? It's uh, like also, uh, like uh, I think in some other countries like uh, Korea, they have Samsung almost control all the all the industry and the financial in, in, in that country, right? Become, they, they kind of like hijacked the, the, po- uh, the policy over there. So that, the, so people don't like uh, monopoly, uh, like uh, by nature. So they like, uh, even you can see Google get, get sued by, by the government as well due to the same reason. And, uh, so, Decentralized uh, never have a good technology to be implemented. Blockchain is, for now, is the only hope. So, so people extremely like the idea to be decentralized and still have uh, the feature of a security. So that's that's really revolutionary, uh, revolutionary to my point of view, and it's it's great. It's just a few hole of what people uh, are waiting for for so many years. What would stop a decentralized monopoly building? For example, Bitcoin is great, but there's nothing stopping monopolies building within that, like huge owners. We already have people controlling huge amounts of the supply, individuals or companies. Yeah, that's uh, that's actually another top top topic, and uh, and the question is if there could be. Um, uh, improvement on this technology to be less monopoly or even harder, uh, like uh, like POS is one solution, one idea they they keep trying, and uh, maybe there are some some other ideas can just make the degree less than people would expect, but uh, you know monopoly probably the nature. That's like almost true for all the business, and eventually, that after competition, you will see that eighty percent of the the market is occupied by like twenty percent of the company, right? This is, uh, but um, we we think that at this point, that maybe that's uh, that's a minor, like in Bitcoin, minor has a very huge power uh, so far. Due to the price rise of the Bitcoin, they have less interest to do bad thing at the moment. But uh, it's possible that uh, uh, some nation or government will try to control the mining system, and uh, that's that's possible. But uh, uh, but it may never happen. May happen. We don't know. It's uh, it's all depends on how uh, this technology can bring us to. And that's that's why I love the use. I love your use of the word hope because uh, it's a hope. Right now, there are flaws and imperfections within it, which you are clearly very well read on. Uh, Jack, let's switch gears. Uh, this is going to be a little more personal. Do you trade and do you invest yourself? I want to get into the your your mind with all this experience in two different industries and how you personally trade and invest yourself. So starting with, do you trade or invest? I am uh, not a successful manual trader. 
So I also participated in the uh, Femax uh, arena, and my current PNL is negative a little bit. <laughs> oh, but I just I I just uh, I just uh, tried the platform and uh, to see from a user point of view that uh, whether the product can be improved. But uh, I don't I don't actively trading uh, nowadays, and. Uh, uh, one of the reasons is due to the time that I don't have much time to look into those to the analysis. Uh, sometimes, sometimes, right? And uh, and uh, usually, mo- mo- my most of the time I invest myself. I read more books or like uh, work work with my team to have some new ideas. And it's, uh, it, they this occupied my most of my time, right? And uh, mm-hmm. so I'm not actively trading. So. What I hope, I hope maybe maybe if uh, if uh, that's also also I was thinking when before I started Femax that if I should be a full time trader to build my trading bots uh, uh, so at at that time I do have a lot of college from Augustine is building trading bots mm-hmm. uh, right they some of them made a lot of money and uh, that's also one option to me at that time. Uh, but eventually, I think it's more fun to to open an exchange. I mean, business building is really fun. And even though you don't trade, uh, do you just keep all your investments in, say, cash? Or do you invest in the stock market, property, Bitcoin? For now that uh, it's natively like uh, decentralized, I have my 4K, I never touch it. I have some cryptos, and uh, but I barely. I'm, I just like a holder uh, in my in my in my wallet. Uh, then then most of cash. Yeah, I think a majority is cash or equivalent. And is there a reason that seems very risk averse, especially because you you're quite young and um, yeah, there's a while for that to build. I would like to hear the reasoning if you, you're willing to share, of course. No, um, uh, I don't know. I never, I never thought about it. Uh, how I should allocate, uh, allocate those. I, as long as I feel that uh, it can support my uh, basic life needs and should be okay. I don't think. Uh, um, I think. Uh, I don't think that uh, people should take too much care about uh, how much we have. Um, once you have a really good career, it's uh, it's kind of that uh, everything coming after that. Hmm. That's very interesting. And um, I do love the philosophy behind not worrying too much about hoarding resources and stuff like that. But you did mention investing in yourself and you brought up books. So my listeners would definitely not be happy if I didn't ask Jack, what are your top book recommendations? Uh, what would you what do you think everyone should read? Oh, the, the, my uh, uh, that's a very hard question. So uh mastering bitcoin <laughs> uh, i i personally i like uh i like the book like how to win friends and influence people written by uh what's the name dale carnegie i think yeah I yeah, Dale, yeah yeah yes uh that's one of my favorite book and it changed my uh it's kind of changed my personality like uh, how to interact with others um, and, Me too, uh, man. That's incredible. Please share. And uh, and another book, uh, Thinking Slow and Fast. These two, uh, these two books, uh, these two books. Uh, that's one of my uh, two of my favorite. 
The last one will be the book called the Peak. Oh, I've never heard of Peak. Peak, P-E-A-K.、Uh, it's also written by a Nobel Prize、uh, winner. It, it it is talking about how the the book basically says that's no genius in the world. It's all about how you train yourself. So everything you can you can train yourself to be the expert.、Uh, I really like that book. That it also the book talks about that there's no willing power in the in human gene. Right, willing power is just、uh, you have、uh, you have a positive feedback of what you're doing, then you become more and more like what you're doing, and you spend more time to pra- practice, to learn, to improve your skill. That's how you become a genius. I really like the book. Basically, tells you basically you can do everything if you train yourself properly and you choose the right path of a career. So that's also a great book. And there are many, many. I also like Harry Potter. If you want to share. <laughs> <laughs> I read all the、uh, all the seven and eight, seven or eight. That's another one, right? Later in the eight books, and、uh, yeah, that's also my my childhood. That's my favorite book. Harry Potter. That's incredible. Wow.、Um, I'm going to cover every single one of those, including、uh, Harry Potter.、Uh, now. How to win friends and influence people, man. That also changed my life a little bit as well because、um, I started my first business at、uh, university, and at the time I was quite arrogant and very mathematically minded. All I wanted to do was make money, and if someone could make me money, we make money. We do business. If not, it doesn't matter. And it cost me so many deals because people wouldn't want to work with me because I didn't know. I didn't care about. Making friends or influencing people, I just separated that from business. Then I read that book off someone's recommendation, and it changed everything. How how did that change your personality? When did that happen? That sounds like an awesome story. It's it's very simple that、uh, you can't do things alone nowadays, right? It's different from like、uh, maybe ten or twenty years ago. You have a great idea, you 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 go to your garage and、uh, work out the products, and then you can sell on the street. Right nowadays, the that's uh, the like uh, building a business, like、uh, go to a factory shopping. You you shopping this part, shopping that part to compose everything together, glue everything together. It's true, very important that、uh, like uh, all uh, everyone is seeking opportunities uh, uh, for grow his wealth, grow his knowledge uh, uh, through the journey, and you have to think about others,、uh, what others needs, right. It also like、uh, in the end,、uh, like、uh, when after we retired, that、uh, how you make long term ship friend friendship, right? It's all about that how how to try your best to achieve mutual benefits. Uh, think uh, put your feet in other shoes to think about think about、uh, what others need and how how everything can work、uh, to 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 win win, right? Um, that's um. That's also true, even even for kids, right? Even how to deal with kids.、Uh, in my own, I have two boys, and uh, uh, and uh, that's uh, it's uh, the book is still still working for me because、uh, kids are more like、uh, they they are not reasonable all the time, right? They have their emotion, and、uh, you try, you have to understand the, why they have such kind of basic emotion, and、uh, once you think deeper and deeper. And that you understand better, you understand yourself better, right? When you get angry, and sometimes when you get anxious, and how you control your emotion, I think that's a very important skill throughout life. It can, uh, it's uh, almost uh, the key to the life,、uh, how to how to live、uh, comfortably. 
I couldn't agree more. Being able to uh, remove all of that stuff, the um, the anger, the anxiety, the anxiousness, it just stops you performing. It stops you thinking clearly. It affects every single aspect of your life. Couldn't agree more there. Are you going to get your kids to read How to Influence and Influence People or have you already done that? Uh, sorry, your question, I didn't catch the question. Oh, um, I said, are you going to get your children to read How to Win Friends and Influence People as well? Or have you already done that? Haven't. Uh, they're still too young. Um, <laughs> I don't know how to train them. Maybe sometime they have their own experience. They, they will like the book. Uh, I will try to make them to discover this book uh, by themselves. Very nice, because you can't force a kid to read it. Um, and you also mentioned Harry Potter at the end. And we can kind of divert into what do you like to do with your free time? Is it Harry Potter books? What else is it? Because the exchange must be crazy. I know you. You're, it's 10 a.m. right? Sorry, not 10 a.m., 10 p.m. right now, and you're still up working on this podcast. Um, what's your life, work-life balance like? What do you do on the life part of work-life balance? Um, right now, I'm not uh, very good at it, and uh, you know, there's a lot of urgencies that pop up uh, in uh, from from time to time. So I try to squeeze time, have more time to read uh, more news, more white papers, and especially DeFi is very hot. I uh, I read a lot of good ideas and try to think about the, what's the future of the industry. And because you know, when like we are building exchange, and so very few people have the knowledge. Uh, like us know what's going on, what will, will be the future in maybe next six months, right? So it also like motivate me because that we are we are we are at the the leading pack of this industry. So so that most of the time I still like uh, most of the time I was working, working, and I spend uh, less time with my family. It's uh, it's 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 hard. You know, everyone has twenty four hours and. Um, I, I don't. I, I don't have a good solution to how to how to balance at the current stage. Neither do I. <laughs> right. That's. Uh, I, if you know, tell me. I don't. Neither do I, man. Neither do I. It's so difficult, and that's why I keep bringing successful people on the podcast. And I'm like, how do you balance it? What's the secret? And they're like, I don't know. I just don't. And that's maybe what leads to the crazy levels of success that you've seen and Vmax has seen. Yeah, that's also changed. The the the, the age changes a lot. Like uh, if you when if you like ten years later, ten years ago, people were talking about that you can you you can use your uh, leisure time to read some books, read a few couple of pages, and actually it's 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 not true that sometimes you have to be very focused. It's more effective that you focus on doing something and get rest and focus on something, not doing casually, right? If you're doing casually, probably something not really important, but you only have twenty off hours. You have to. You have to save your energy to something really important. If if uh, that's the key to survive, and uh, that's the only thing I know that you have to, you have to spend your time uh, on what's really important. And because the other time you have to take take rest. How do you decide what's important and what isn't? Uh, I think one measure is. Um, is if it failed, what's the cost? So sometimes it's hard to make a decision, say how much uh, profit or what's the benefit uh, you will get to do that. Uh, then you can think in another way, like if we don't do that, uh, what's the damage, right? That's, uh, that's something I was uh, thinking in both ways.
So you assess the risk and you measure the opportunity cost. So the very nice mental model to have. Um, do you have any other mental models? And this is a difficult question on the spot, because I think that's what makes a good leader of a company, having these sophisticated mental models so you can make decisions better than the other people in the market who are your competition. Uh, what mental models do you use to consistently make good decisions? It's hard to say that uh, there's one skill I, I, pro I usually will use every time that uh, um, I have to make a quick decision and um, I will first uh, slow down myself to ask a question, do I have to, to make a decision right now or it can wait, right? So then I, if it can wait, majority of the time that uh, you, you, you can wait, actually, quick decision, uh, most likely to lead the wrong, wrong result. And uh, to my experience that uh, it can always wait if you give you more time to think about it, to have, do some deep thinking, and you can make a bit better decision. That is really fascinating. I'm taking that advice on board straight away. It's not something I actually specifically considered before either, but it makes so much sense that uh, it's a bit of an illusion that stuff needs to be decided right there on the spot, um, especially in a high pressure situation. For example, say you're in a face to face face to face negotiation to say, I'll decide later, for example, as well, rather than making that decision right there and then. Right, right. Exactly. Jack, I'd like to end this podcast by asking a question I like to ask most of the people who come on. And that is, what is the best investment decision you've made? And that doesn't have to be physical monetary investment. That could be a book. That could be a job you went into. That could be a business you started, for example, Femex, and why? And then what is the worst you've ever made? That could be, again, it doesn't have to be the one that cost you money. It could be the one that was the silliest decision or not the best thing to do at that time. Uh, you can take your time to think of an example for both, but one of the best and worst business entrepreneurial decisions you have made. I think the best uh, investment is uh, invest my own knowledge. Knowledge, uh, um, one, I always like uh, make a decision and uh, um, fully commit myself into, into this. Uh, so like I joined the financial industry and I have uh, almost a zero background of financial. I, I was a software engineer and uh, I did some research and I think that financial financial industry is perfect for uh, a computer science graduate uh, because that we see that uh, everything will be treated electronically and uh, that's uh, that the, the the machine can do much much better than the human so then I then that's how I started I keep like investing to myself uh, in for 11 years until I start a Femax. So I always believe that uh, invest yourself uh, uh, on what you're doing um, on for career is the best investment. And uh, you you get paid every every year. That's a 100% uh, return, right? So you're never going to lose money on this kind of investment. And I think that's the best investment uh, everyone should 
be really considering. I do see Before a lot of oh, the worst. Um, knowledge monetizes forever. I did. That's absolutely something I could not agree with more. And your specialized knowledge has put you in that unique, incredible position to make Femex. So very awesome advice there. Yeah. I can't think if I have a very bad that I would regret uh, in terms of investment. Um, I think like, like life is experience. Even sometimes didn't, something you tried didn't turn out to be good. And uh, you you still learn from it, and uh, it's it's uh, it's uh, enrich your life. I don't think maybe you feel painful, like uh, if you like uh, you probably everyone did, did bought some stock, and uh, and the price go in a in a different direction you would expect. And did you ever uh, buy a terrible uh, coin? Yeah, in I did many times, many times, many times, but <laughs> I didn't. I didn't do all in, and uh, but uh, it's just a trial to some ideas, you know. Especially when you we were just begin, it's very common. Uh, but I don't think that's a bad experience, right? It makes you to grow. It helps you to grow and help to understand, and it push you to learn more, uh, to try to get better. So, to me, right? So bad experience is not a bad thing. Um, I can't think of anything that I would regret. Well, I love that. And that win or learn mentality is probably what allows you to be such an incredible CEO and continually drive Femex forward. Your risk managed mindset, which is shining through everywhere. Even when we talked about your bad investments, you said you never all end because you calculate the risk on every decision. Uh, Jack, it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I have learned so much, uh, particularly I'm going to make sure I read that book peak because I've never heard of it before. And if you're recommending, I definitely need to get that read. Um, before we wrap up this podcast, is there anything you'd like to leave our listeners with? I think it's very good. Uh, you made me tell a lot of things. <laughs> Well, um, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Thank you very much for hopping on. Uh, it's been amazing. Guys, check out Femex. It's Jack's platform. Uh, if you're not convinced by now, uh, make sure the UI will blow you away. It's an awesome exchange. And that is the end of this episode of the Market Meditations podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Market Meditations podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like us to continue bringing you fascinating people from across the world, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you'd like to listen to these podcasts and share the episode with a friend. If you have feedback or an idea for a potential guest, reach out to me on Twitter at Karush AK. And do not forget, we write a newsletter covering all important topics in crypto and traditional markets. We send it out three times a week the market meditations newsletter you also get early access to these episodes and you get transcripts and extra notes as well so make sure to subscribe there as well